All right. Well, uh, thank you for being here. Just wanted to uh, express our uh, excitement and uh, um, just really happy to announce the uh, 2017 signing class. And um, really, I mean, I think everyone at this stage and every school and every coach is probably saying the same thing, that they're excited about their class. But we definitely have uh, put in a lot of work and just really excited that uh, that it's worked out this way and the kids that we're bringing on to our, our, our program and our team. And just want to first thank um, everybody that's been involved with ha- making this happen and uh, allowing our uh, recruits to feel at home. And that, that includes all our fans. And I think a year ago I, I – asked for the fans to be involved in recruiting and they did you know so some of these guys are brought to our attention by fans uh, and that uh you know i mentioned if they're big and they can play football let us know and they did it and so we were able to sign some of these kids and um just really thankful that our fans have been involved and thankful for our administration for president worthen and uh tom homo and, and his staff and uh, definitely thankful to our team and uh, more than anything really thankful to our our coaches have worked a lot, a lot of hours and a lot of time away from their families, and just want to thank their families for, uh, you know, for the sacrifice that they've made and not having their fathers around and not having their their husbands around at home as much as possible. But, but uh, we're able to bring some great players here and, and add to our family, and it's because of their sacrifice that it happened. So, thank you to all the families involved and our coaching staff, and I'm really excited that, that a year later, you know, about the uh, the class that we were bring in and then talent that we have joining our team and. We feel really good about the progress that we've made as a program in the last year and the things that we've been able to do as a staff and uh, specifically within the weight room and the way our guys have developed and really excited about um, you know, about the progress they're making right now. We're looking to be creative and changing some things and, and, and as far as uh, addressing some of the deficiencies that we may have and, and uh, becoming a more efficient team this fall and we're really pleased with the way uh, our coaching staff uh, coach their players and the way they manage their position groups. Definitely happy with uh, Ed Lamb as our assistant head coach and his role with our special teams and uh, his role as my uh, my right-hand man in this whole thing. And he has a lot of expertise and a lot of experience that has helped our team and helped myself specifically as a head coach. And definitely really happy with uh, Ty Detmer and the offense and the, uh, the way they've been able to run the ball and, and put our, our team in a position to, to win games. I think... Uh, when you look at stats, that stuff doesn't really tell a lot of the story and what Ty has been willing to do and how he manages an offense and uh, you know putting it on our, on, on the uh, shoulders of our running back. And uh, Ty is very versatile, meaning that he can take a lot of different uh, schemes and a lot of different uh, strengths that we have on our offense and put it all together. That's been really fun to watch. And uh, I've had a lot of people tell me how smart he is and as, as far as football, and he knows the game and seeing how he puts it all together has been really impressive. And then, uh, you know, Elisa Tuyaki's done a wonderful job with the defense. Just like I knew he would, um, he was built for it, you know. And then seeing the, the experience that he's had on both sides of the ball, he's coached a lot of different positions. And, uh, you know, I knew that about him when he was a player um, for me at Southern Utah. And I, I see his uh, progress as a GA to an assistant coach. And now as a coordinator, I've been really pleased with the way he runs the team and the way he gets his players to play. And so um, we're back here again. Everybody's back, and, and uh, we feel really excited about the foundation that we've, we've put out there. And uh, a lot of that had to do with our seniors doing a lot of the hard work and, and being great leaders for our team. And, and now we're looking forward to uh, building off of the foundation that's been set. So uh, with that said, we open up for questions, and I appreciate you guys being here. Kalani, John Kern, Utah Valley 360. Um, looking at the class overall, what, what really stands out to you about – 
this group of kids? I mean, what are the, kind of their defining characteristics as football players? Well, I, th- I think the when you when you look at the positions, it's not really their final position, you know, that they're recruited at and they're assigned at. And so, the key to me is that the, the that we were able to have so many um, versatile type of players, meaning that um, they could play more than one position and they could grow and mature. Or, uh, I mean, they, they have all the intangibles as far as what they need to play football, but it's also listed at different positions. And so we have guys that that we feel can be great linebackers under our scheme and guys that can play D-line, D-tackle, and D-ends, and guys that can be also offensive linemen. I mean, we we got bigger. I mean, I, 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 as far as O-line goes, you know, we I'm used to O-linemen at BYU being humongous, and so we added some humongous kids. But uh, the the thing overall at the front, we had a lot of D-linemen that have a, a lot of versatility and flexibility in their in their progress, and then uh, they'll settle somewhere, you know, and you look at a speed and the guys that we have in our position groups and with our skill, um, we have a lot of guys that can play, you know, E and Ed and Ty are going to have to have some arguments on some of these guys and which side of the ball they're going to play at because there's guys that can play corner safety and they can play receiver and running back, and that's a good thing. So I, I don't think that they're limited to the position that they're that's listed on the, on the sheet, but... Uh, that there's a lot of potential there to grow with and, and that they have a, whether it's speed or, or, or size or power there's a lot of things that they can uh, that can come from that position from their from their uh, uh, already their athletic foundation oh and we can't talk about walk-ons just to remind you guys <laughs> Ty's jumping at the bit want to talk about walk-ons right now <laughs> Four guys, how many will be going on missions first? Oh man, there's a so there's quite a, a few. Of them. I mean, there's a, there's a number of them that that are told. There's and there's also some that are still up in the air whether they're going to serve right away or play this fall, then then serve a mission. But the definite ones, I mean, do you have anybody specifically? Or do you want me to just go down the list? Uh, I was just looking for a ballpark number. Huh? Nobody specific. Uh, ballpark, I don't know. There's, there's a, yeah. There's always that that number that that uh, kind of it fluctuates, you know. So, and then there's some that came home that, and then there's some that you know we'll see what happens. There's some other surprises down the line. We'll see. Well, recruiting's all an ongoing thing, so we'll see what else happens in the next few weeks and next couple months. Talk a bit about the defense of, of linemen that you've recruited here. Obviously, in Utah, you've had stalwart defense linemen in the past, but meanwhile, you kind of seem to fall on that trend. Talk about some of the guys that you recruit, especially the guys that signed today. That, uh, that, that you well, I think being able to project what they're going to be and, and seeing their growth, and also knowing their um, their workload. We've always had great players here, you know, and and, and solid guys up front. But um, I, I think that's so. I, I don't know if there's anything special that. That myself or our staff does, but we can just tell if a guy is going to be um, a couple of years. I mean, from experience, I came to BYU as a 210-pound fullback, and within a month of two days, I was 235 pounds. So, not a lot of people gain weight during two days, but I did. You know, and there's a lot of people that have the same kind of genetic background as I do. So, uh, we can kind of project that a little bit more. You know, and we have coaches that have done it. You know, you, you see Ed Lamb, what he's done in projecting guys. Uh, even at the, for the next level at Southern Utah, and Ituyaki is the same thing. But he didn't gain as much weight as I did his first year in, in college. But That's why I he's making up for it right now. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> 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 
Oh, they're, they're great players, and, and uh, we feel good about the guys. And the, I, I think we got some really good players that have a lot of promise. And but I'll say the same thing next year too. I, more than anything, these guys are good, good athletes, but they're great young men, and we got to know their families. And and um, you know, our whole thing is welcome to the family and be part of our family. But we really got to know their families and, and be involved with them and get to see the 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 their transition from the families and parents and siblings being bought into what we do here at BYU and that, that's been a, a the most pleasure part of this of this recruiting season. Kalani, Jared Lloyd, Daily Herald, BYU and Utah are always going to be tied. Utah State as well kind of in that mix. You've experienced recruiting now for a full year at BYU as the head coach and of course through all your experience at Utah. How do you kind of compare and contrast like what it was like at Utah and now what it's like at BYU because those schools are so tied together? Well, I, I haven't really spent much time to see what their class is like, but uh, if you're looking at um, what we're trying to do here at, at BYU, it's kind of what my philosophy has been on recruiting, that you focus on a lot of the kids that, for especially here at BYU, focus on LDS athletes. And a lot, large number of our signees came from the state of Utah because that's been our, our major focus because there's a lot of members in the state of Utah. But we're not the only program recruiting in the state. I mean, you look at all the number of programs that have, have signed kids out of the state. There's a lot to go around, a lot to be shared. So we want to make sure that we have a presence in our LDS population, which is in Utah, specifically Southern California. But we've had some others from different states, and, and it's been a nice class just being able to have everybody be involved in our recruiting. It's, I mean, we take every phone call and, and every member that calls in and says, hey, I have this humongous kid in our ward, and this is his name. We watch the film, and, and that is a lot to do with our recruiting coordinator, Tivito Fangao, and his staff, you know, the things that they do, the support staff, and, you know, Siona Kinikini, Jason Ayu, um, Jack DeMuni, Russell T. Oliveira, those guys do all that work, and and then these guys, they, they do all the all the hard work and, and seeing talent and then getting to know the guys, and they kind of filter it through, and and uh, what happens is the result, the signing class that we had today. With so many um, guys deciding till today to make their decision. What was today like for you? Uh, any surprises for you? That, uh, is it nerve-wracking all to come down to that last day and maybe not know what the kids are going to choose? Well, I think that we kind of know a little bit more than um, – coaches know a little bit more than you think going into signing day. You know, I think that uh, – if you look at the board and the names that we had, we kind of knew the nameplates that were going to be involved in there. And, and so I, I can't say there were a lot of surprises. For me personally, I prepare for the worst to ever happen. And so anything else looks great. <laughs> so I'm like, they're not coming. They're just saying that. And, you know, and, and uh, so I prepare for the worst. So it's always good. And today happened to be really, really good. So uh, probably not the best way to live life. But with recruiting, I kind of have to do with that. And <laughs> When you're dealing with so many different variables and in, in recruiting a young man, but for the most part, we had, we knew going into it um, who more than likely were going to be our guys in the, on this day. And that, and you know, looking at 1:30 after signing day, there really were no surprises. Kalani Catch from the Zone Sports Network. Joe Critchlow was a surprise name on the list. He's quarterback. Can you kind of describe how you guys got in touch with him in the first place? Well, maybe these guys on the opposite ends, we can do that more. Ed and Ty, go ahead. All right. Yeah, yeah. You may, you may have seen Joe originally signed with with Southern Utah when I was there, and um, and so at that point that the initial contact has to come from him. So while he was out on his mission, 
Um, and in fact, his parents first reached out to me and the, and the first conversation always has to be like, we're, we can't go anywhere with this. You have to contact Southern Utah and, and Southern Utah is a, you know, that's a successful program and Demario Warren's got it going down there. Um, they're going to be strong. They have plenty of good players. And so I think when, when Joe let Southern Utah know that he wanted to be somewhere else, uh, they only want guys at SUU that want to be there. So they, they released him, which allows us to do, to be a little more aggressive in our recruiting and talk about, um, where we see him fitting, and at that point, really, it was it was all it was all tie. You know, Joe's a we're bringing in some guys that are athletes and can play a lot of different positions. As Coach said, Joe's even though he's a good athlete, basketball player, and, and things, he's a he's a pro style passer. He has some escapability, but he's a quarterback. And so at that point, it was Ty's evaluation that was most important, and where Ty saw Joe's future at BYU. And and maybe if there are any other comments, uh, you know, Ty probably ought to take it from there. Yeah, I think he gives us some depth and, and another guy in the program that uh, is, like Ed said, pro-style type of kid that uh, you watch, you know, was able to watch some of his interviews that he did in Tennessee and, and really well-spoken, understands the game, uh, good head on his shoulders. And so uh, when when Ed kind of brought it to our attention, it was uh, somebody we thought could come in and, and help us, obviously, or he wouldn't be here. So, uh you know, we'll give him give him his shot and see where it goes from there. Phil Hyatt from IMG Sports Network, and this is for the coordinators coach Detmer and Tuiaki. After running your systems here at BYU for a year, um, what did you learn about the players that you've already had, and how did learning your system really affect your recruiting process? I think offensively. Um, you know, I said coming in that we'd be versatile and try to use the talent that we had and felt like, um, you know, we, we kind of did that this last year. Uh, as you recruit, you kind of recruit for, um, you know, guys that can play and be versatile, and I think we've done that. If you look at our skill positions, we're fairly young at, at running back and receiver with the guys in the program already, so um, there wasn't a, a big need going into that process that we need to get a bunch of receivers or we need running backs. Uh, we wanted to find the right guys and, and good fits. And with uh, a couple of them, they can play DB or or receiver. And so they're, they're a great fit because whichever side of the ball we need them on, they can go and play there. So um, I think going forward, you, you recruit to kind of what you want to do and, and what you feel like you're going to you know kind of hang your hat on. And so we've done that with, uh, with the young men we have coming in. And and uh, now having a better handle on, on where we're at and what we have uh, going forward, you start planning uh, for that, and we'll be able to work on that a lot more in spring football, where last year it was implement a whole new terminology system and, and uh, the basics, and now we can kind of you know refine those and, and work on technique and really fine-tune things as we go forward. Yeah, I thought the <clears throat> thought the players did a tremendous job, uh, you know, with the, with our transition from the previous staff's defense to ours. And you know, uh, no, last year there were a lot of questions about going from a three-four to a four-three, and really, it's just a, a stand-up outside backer to the boundary that's putting his hand in the ground. And uh, you know, Saitau who did a really good job this year filling in that role. And there's a, you know, the kids had great attitudes about moving positions and and helping us out uh, in other places. And so. They were they were great that way, and just moving forward with recruiting, it was just finding the the right fit. You know, there's so many players out there that are good players that are that are in other programs, and you know, ours is about not only playing playing football, but finding the right fit 
uh, kids that would, would do well here and thrive in this in this environment, like Coach Itaka talked about, recruiting LDS kids and recruiting kids that would uh, that would do well here. And so we feel feel comfortable about the kids that we've signed, um, big explosive kids that uh, we can, like you said, move to different spots and and try in different positions and just find ways to win games and help the team that way. Just a question for Ty and for Elisa. Is there a position that uh, position group that maybe was a primary focus in this class that might be in say in 2018? I think uh, I think every year you're going to focus on O line. You know, for us on the offensive side, um, you've got to have those guys up front, and you know, guys are coming and going on missions. Uh, you guys get injured, um, so there's always a need for really good O linemen, and so that was probably our biggest need. That and Obviously, we signed some tight ends this year, too, so uh, we wanted to get some guys in the program. Uh, a couple of those guys will leave right away on missions. A couple will stay and play. So, you know, in the next few years, we'll have those guys coming back in. Um, so uh, probably tight end and O-line were the biggest focus, but, you know, we're, we're always going to be looking and find a place for a guy that really fits uh, the program, fits BYU, and, and a guy that can play for us. Um, you know, we'll never – you know, not sign a guy. We'll find a way to, to get him in and find those numbers. Yeah, it's the same. It's the you know the way that our we a lot our numbers. Um, it's always going to be with the O line D line where they have the most. You know, you have uh, I don't think it's like 17 on offense O line, but for the D line it's uh, 15. You know, defensive lineman, which means every year you're going to replenish and get four or five. And so, you know, the class looks looks big. There's uh, several of them that are going on missions, about half of them really, and the other half coming to help out right now. But uh, we're always always going to be recruiting corners too. It's D linemen and corners are, are the primary need for us, and it'll probably be the same every single year. And you know, um, getting the best players uh, at any position that that can play several different positions and. That again fit, you know, getting kids that are BYU kids that that fit in. Mitch Harper, thirteen twenty K fan, Kalani. Uh, some of your previous stops, uh, junior college players had a strong presence in those programs, particularly at the, at the skill positions. Was there any consideration to pursue a transfer or junior college prospects at the wide receiver and running back spots? Um, well, well, first of all, we felt really comfortable with the guys that are redshirting right now, and so. Uh, that kind of fits in with that group. You know, you're looking at, at like Akila Davis and Micah Simon and Trey Dye, those guys that are redshirting, that we redshirted last season. And so those guys will be basically up and ready to roll this fall that a lot of people aren't really thinking about. But um, so we didn't feel like the need was, uh, we had the need to go get JC guys. And we're, we're trying to make the bulk of our living on high school recruits, you know. And, and um, if we see a need that needs to take place right away, like um, Taipei Vaca, you know, we lost um, we lost uh, Andrew Idy at the left tackle, and we felt like we needed someone to come in and, and get us more depth and more competition at the left tackle position. And so he seemed like a good fit. And then um, Ty mentioned always recruiting old linemen. We, were, we were always look for big guys. And so getting Mango and getting Seth and, and, uh, and everybody had added to the list. And D-line, uh, Tuyaki talked about, That's we, we need to win the trenches in order to be successful as a program. And so... The, a lot of our energies are going to be there. But JC-wise, um, you, you go there if you feel like you're not up to par, you don't have enough depth. And so I think that's the only I can't, I think that's the only JC guy that we went after. And then you, you kind of factor a little bit into some guys that are transferring and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's not really going to be a, a big thing that we 
hang our hat on. We want guys that are going to be here for a number of years and and not just for like a year and a half, you know, unless unless the the depth requires it. Coach Dave Noriega at KSL. Uh, a couple guys that we've been able to follow closely, at least in Utah, Chaz Ayu and Lungi Tuafua. Can you just address them and those are the, you know, some four-star guys. What what did you see in them? And maybe whoever answers the Chaz Ayu question, whether it's Ty or Coach E, we'll see which side of the ball he's playing on. <laughs> Chaz will start off on, on at safety first. I mean, that's Ty already had his chance of trying to get talk him out of it. And so Ty's still trying to talk to Troy Warner and Diane Lake right now. But um, we, we want to have the, the best guys on the field help us win games, you know, and and uh, we'll be creative and we'll find ways to get the guys on the field and, and get us in a position to, to win. But, um, yeah, I, I, with with Lange and Chaz, in fact, I offered those guys, we offered them way early. I offered them really young, you know, and, and, um, and it, I think they just took a long time to commit, you know, but a couple of them, uh, you know, investigated a lot of different schools and um, just really felt confident when we got the job last year that eventually we'll get the BYU type of guys that need to be here, you know, and it takes effort from all of our coaches to keep in touch with those guys, but also from a lot of different people that are involved with BYU um, to just, you know, basically give them uh, a good perspective on what BYU is all about, and those guys were able to see what BYU is all made of, and 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 they're they're excited to be part of our family. They'll be here this fall, you know. So, uh, but we have to keep recruiting guys like that, and and sometimes you get on them early and stay on till the very end till they commit, and sometimes they're guys that just commit way early, like a number of guys that we had, you know, sign. I mean, uh, I think the star system is kind of crazy because if if a guy commits to us right away, like. And Isaac Rex or Ben Bywater and those guys that have committed away from the beginning. Um, BYU is a little bit different where if they commit to BYU, a lot of schools don't even try to recruit those guys because they know how strong that commitment is. And um, <clears throat> so the stars are con- concerned with offers, you know what I mean? And so that, that doesn't really reflect on the talent. And so when we recognize somebody that, that's a great player from the beginning and maybe early on in their career in high school, um, if they commit early – um, sometimes they don't get the respect that they deserve when it comes to that system, which is why I think it's flawed a little bit. But, um, but that's I'm not saying anything that nobody already knows about. It's just that that happens. You're going to see a lot of guys in the Super Bowl this weekend that were two and three star athletes, and so we recognize five star and four star potential and talent right away, and make sure that their character and everything that lives up to it and matches their uh, their athletic ability and potential, and then we try to get them signed here, and they become BYU type of people and. And, uh, you know, that's that's the goal and that's the game plan, basically. Kalani, Joe was an example of a missionary who elected to, you know, change a commitment and end up coming to BYU. There's other guys that have done that. And once in a while, it seems like guys go the other direction that are committed to BYU and then on their mission decide to go someplace else. How do you balance that particular aspect of the fact that some of these guys might change their mind or some guys that didn't commit initially to BYU might change their mind to come to BYU just as far as the LDS mission during their missions go? Well, I think it's it's a sensitive subject, right? And so um, when people go on missions, it's always BYU is the, the only school that plays football that basically is affiliated with the church. And so we're always going to be in their minds, you know, and, and the BYU family is part of the LDS faith, and so that stretches way out there even to a mission uh, service. And so um, 
if we have the numbers and if there are players that kind of fit our system, what we don't want to do is start recruiting kids twice, you know. And so uh, we want to get to a point where most of it is already handled and people understand. But that's the, the burdens on our part as coaches and, and as recruiters to make sure they understand everything that goes into recruiting and make sure they get every all the all the knowledge that they can get because uh, you know if they plan on using on, on BYU as a backup plan, that's not going to work, you know. And, and uh, we have a lot of guys that want to be here, and just because a kid wants to transfer doesn't mean they get a free pass to transfer and a scholarship. Uh, we have to filter that out and look at and respect the kids that we're recruiting right away and the guys that are currently on the team as well. So um, we have to balance all that stuff out, and it's probably too. It's 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 too. Um, there's so much flexibility in it that's hard to kind of make it a general statement. You know what I mean? So, Kalani, what did you think of the recruit that landed in a helicopter? And uh, and and kind of the way that is going with recruiting, with the ceremonies and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, the first of all, with with the Chaz IU and the announcement, that wasn't something that he planned. You know, he was approached by a recruiting service that. Uh, offered that uh, ability because he had a lot of um, schools that were in the mix, you know, and he's a highly touted recruit. And so I think they, I think a lot of these places have done things like that and contacted recruits. And so I just want to make, make sure everybody understands that, and, and that Chaz IU didn't do that and he didn't pay for that. And that was done by that, that service. And they uh, offered it to him and they highlighted his ability and the fact that he was still uh, making a decision and you've seen a lot of different productions that are, that have done that, and and um, we we had an opportunity you know, for him to to make that decision, and so yeah, why not, you know? And, and and but he wasn't trying to look after that's not his that's not his personality, and that's not his what he's about. But he looked at it as an opportunity to get BYU some publicity, and and it worked. You know, people are talking about it, but he personally did not do that, and that was something that was brought to him by others. And so just setting the record straight. Lonnie, the previous uh, staff signed an athlete, Mo Longy, that made national headlines because of his size. And while that's not somebody you recruited, I noticed that he's on your press release of somebody returning. Could you just talk about him um, a little bit? Because he just got off his mission. Has your staff had an opportunity to talk about a guy that is about the size of a Volkswagen? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's big. And so um, we, we feel in talking to Coach Tuyaki felt really comfortable with the fact that he's humongous, and and I think Coach Tuyaki wants to work with that, right, E? I mean, maybe you could speak about it a little bit more, but we knew about him. Yeah, I mean, just being new to football, you know, we we thought and talked. Just it, it might be easier to start at the D line spot than it is the O line spot, with just so much movement and everything. On the defensive side, Hartford offensive lineman, new to it, you know, normally takes him a couple of years, but if he can get in the way and crush the pocket and do those kinds of things, then we uh, we definitely have, you know, had had several guys, uh, Galani and I, in the past that we've worked with that probably not as big but uh, similar in skill set that we can uh, try to fit into our system. So we're uh, we're excited to see what he can do. When will he be here? He just got off his mission a couple of days ago. Just uh, went back to the islands and I think as soon as he gets back and gets settled with his family, then they'll talk about when he'll be able to be here. But I think we're planning on getting him in the spring spring semester for us which is in uh begins in may and uh i think he might be able to come out a little bit earlier start working out and getting things under him kalani are there any plans to recruit polynesia heavier i know that bronco and 
started recruiting evidence by Mo Long. You always have, you always have plans to go out there and recruit more. Um, well, I think the the game of football is really hard to to comprehend, and so I mean, you, when you when you really take a kid like Mo Longy, that you're gonna have to explain to him what a hash is and what the line of scrimmage is, and when you look at all the details of the game that we kind of take for granted growing up in the game, you know, it's it's a it's a lot more difficult than you think, and so um, the defensive side is probably more likely for them to play. But I mean, we I can't say that we're not gonna be open to it, but we we have enough kids here in the mainland and in, 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 in the States to to recruit, you know, but um, there may be some guys out there that, that might fall in the line of where they can fit our scheme and we think we can teach them a little bit more about the game. But uh, to say that we're going to make an effort to go out to these other islands and other places, I mean, you know, there's a, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of linemen in the Scandinavian countries too that can play football, but we're not sending them out there. So, we're just going to let all our members um, let us know where the Giants are, and then we'll kind of investigate it through that. But I, I don't think sending our coaches out of country is going to be a huge practice that we're going to work on. You know, there's enough guys. Let's, let's look here first and uh, people that have grew up, grew up in the game. And then if we need a, you know, we'll, we'll look at the other things as well. But we're not going to make a crazy effort to go there when I think all the kids in, in the state that grew up playing – in in the United States, they grew up playing the game. We deserve all our attention and our respect right now. Does that include going to Australia or New Zealand for a punter? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. I mean, so those things will always be available. But uh, to to say that we're going to send our coaches there instead of focusing on, you know, I mean, we'll have. So we all have like primary recruiting areas, but we also have secondary areas, and then those vary around the globe. So yeah, that, those are those are being covered, but. I don't want it to, to. I don't want everyone to think that we're sending our coaches out to all these different countries, you know. When, when we were trying to make sure that we cover, you know, the, the United States first. Claudia, with the idea that you have the LDS members to help you to bird dog in that, could you give us some idea of the number of requests that you receive, emails, letters saying, "Hey, look at this guy." Some may be marginal or not even somebody well, you would. You know, look at, but it's, it's a lot. I mean, I could, I could, but it, it's, it's. We, we welcome it all. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of people that are sending in requests to evaluate recruits, and and um, that helps us. You know what I mean? Especially knowing that there's a connection with a certain young man in the area, and so um, it makes our job a lot easier. You know, but we're trying to, like I said, it could. We'll take it all. So I'm not going to sit up here and say stop doing it. Just keep doing it. Find some more. You know, look for some speed and some size. I mean, if you need it, the uh, to look at our what we want in a in a player, we'll send it out to all our members too. But it's 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 actually been really helpful for us, and that's a benefit that we have with being involved with the church. Kalani, you you mentioned that uh, I believe at the end of the season after the bowl game, you mentioned how it's important to have. Players like, uh, like Jamal Williams that maybe don't have that LDS background. How do you feel you did pursuing you know non LDS athletes and, and in that realm? Yeah, I thought we did a great job um, evaluating a lot of our, our non LDS athletes and kind of focusing on what um, what drew them to BYU to begin with. You know, um, the guys that we signed that aren't necessarily with faith. Um, you know, you look at Tarek Buchanan and and Keenan um, Ellison. You look at um, who am I forgetting? Delo. Dio, Dilo Gunter, I mean, D'Angelo. He told me to call him Dilo, so I call him Dilo. But 
Now, th those guys actually, they celebrate the fact that there's an honor code here and they look forward to the, uh, the benefits of the, um, you know, the, the, the uh, academics, how, how difficult it is to go to school here and be in, involved in academics here. So uh, those guys, along with the other signing class from last year that are in LDS, they fit perfectly fine. You know what I mean? And they have great coaches on our staff that are in LDS, Ed Lamb and Gennaro Guilford specifically, and that have uh, done it, and they love being in the community and love being in the areas. I mean, Ed Lamb has a calling. He's not even a member, you know, so he's the most active, inactive, the most active non-member I've ever met. <laughs> is that okay to say? It's all right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You know, right now I don't have a calling, but I have been asked to speak twice in Sacrament already, in one year, and uh, and and in Sunday school once as well. Uh, in the past, I was team taught with my wife, the thirteen-year-olds, and I had the scouting program for um, approving the sports badges. I think is the right way to say it. This question is for the two Cornets and Coach Lamb. What position battles do you see being directly affected by this recruiting class? And then what positions are pretty set for next year? I think uh, quarterback will have a big battle this year. So um, we can look forward to that again. Uh, no, I, the quarterback's pretty set, I think. Um, but I, we've got, <coughs> as Coach said, we've got some young guys that were redshirting that um, didn't play for us that – are hungry. Uh, we, we lost four receivers to graduation, so that receiving core is, is kind of wide open uh, for opportunities there. Um, you know, the running back situation will be, you know, kind of, you know, we'll see who kind of rises up out of that. Uh, maybe by committee a little more. It, it may be one guy takes it over. So um, I think receiver and running back probably the biggest opportunities for guys to to earn real playing time and to, to step up and be the guy. So uh, offensive line, we, we bring four starters back. So uh, we've got a tackle position that will be a good battle um, there. So um, probably those three spots and then tight end may move Moroni down there um, more full time. And uh, we're fortunate to have guys back there didn't lose any tight ends to graduation. So. Um, you know, we, we feel good about where we're at, but there's enough competition in there that guys got to step up and come to work. Yeah, same thing. I think the the main thing for us was just to make sure that there was competition, so that uh, you know guys don't feel comfortable. Obviously, we didn't we didn't recruit any linebackers in this class except for kids that are going to go on missions. Um, but we get we get a couple of linebackers coming back that'll compete for you know for the spots, and those those three that started this last year. They're all coming back, and you know, um, I think in the meeting room with them, it's always the best player plays, and you guys will always compete just to keep them on their toes, which which I think uh, is is the fair thing to do, as well as best thing to do. But you know, there we, we got the two young corners that'll come in, and we started two freshmen at corner last year, and so those those two will come in and push for spots, and you know, in the system that we play, we've got uh, we try to play with four corners, and so. Um, I think, in a way, every single one of them will see the field one way or the other. If it's not on special teams, on defense, but we'll try to—I I think the whole defense, in a way, is being affected by the class. And I think it should be that way every single year. If you're recruiting the right way, and and uh, you know the kids are competing, it's it's always competitive, and you know they they know somebody's been a starter or whatever. But it's uh, you've always got to keep them honest and and not. Uh, 
you know, getting into a rut with the way that they're playing. Ty, of, of the, uh, the receivers that, a lot of receivers that were hotly contested this year, the receivers that signed with BYU this year, can you talk about which, which players might play receiver this year and will this be a, re, a recruiting emphasis going forward for the next class? Yeah, so um, Tarek Buchanan, a kid out of Elgin, Texas, um, he's, he's a guy that will start at receiver um, when he comes in. He's got the ability to play defensive back as well, so we'll probably start him on the offensive side. And then, but based on need, if, if we have some injuries at corner, he can always go over there and, and be effective as well. Same thing with Keenan Ellis. Keenan will probably start at corner, but we know he can come over and play receiver. Very good athletes, both guys, good speed. So um, those two are really the two receivers that we have in this class that could play either way. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the young guys got some experience uh, playing this last year with. Um, Talon and, and Aleva and Jonah and then uh, we've got you know as coach said guys that redshirted and, and uh, Bo Tanner and those guys that played a little for us will will have a chance to, to rise up but um, in the recruiting class really two guys that could play receiver for us um, but could also play DB. Kalani one member of this, of this class was already committed when he took this job in Jackson McChesney. What was that experience like to and uh, re-recruit him to sell your program. That was, I think that was one of the first conversations we had was with Jackson, and, and also because his brother's on the team, on the roster, you know, so uh, being able to connect with him and talk with him a little bit and then and evaluating him. I, I never really evaluated him before until I got the job, and then when we watched his film and, and, and um, got to know him a little bit more, it was pretty evident that he, he belonged in this class, you know, and then... Uh, he won state in the hundred meter, you know, last year, and, and he's a great athlete. And but he was always he was already committed early, and and um, he's a, probably another guy that could have been, you know that uh, just cut off recruiting and, and could have had a lot more offers than he already had, and even still gained a lot of attention. But um, it's it's helpful to have a guy like that because I think if he helped his football team, I think he helped Lone Peak um, get better because he was all about the team and not really worried because he already knew where he wanted to go. So a guy like that was helpful, and you know we we, we benefit from a lot of the guys. And I I don't want to sit here and say that we're great these great recruiters. I really appreciate what Coach Mendenhall and his staff did here, you know, and some of the kids that they have in this program and uh, what they've done here. I mean, we're all BYU. So whether you play for Coach Mendenhall or Coach Croton or Coach Edwards, we're all alumni and we're all in the same family, you know. And then I think it's important that um, we give them the praise that they deserve for bringing, you know, leaving the team the, in the way that they left it. And I, I'm, I'm very grateful to take over from where it's at. And uh, a lot of the benefits even include a guy like Jackson McChesney that was already here and already committed. Is the trend changing? Uh, it seemed like a few years ago a lot of kids were committing early and then you'd see some changes. And then today it seemed like a lot of kids were waiting kind of to the last minute. Is it? coincidental or is that kind of maybe a trend that we're going to see as kids waiting more till signing day again? I don't think it's uh, appropriate for me to guess on what's trending. I'm like the last guy that will tell you what's trending. But I can tell you that uh, our part is try to get the guys recruited and get them committed as early as possible. And, and, and our job is to make sure that they understand what goes into the offer and everything that is involved in the recruiting process. Um, what what happens a lot in, in, in this recruiting process that we're talking about the guys that waited to the last second, but there's a lot of guys that lost offers by waiting. 
you know, the numbers change and they fluctuate. And I'm talking about guys that I know, the recruits that I think are pretty good players that that kind of got lost in the shuffle and end up not getting the offers that they thought they had. And and so I think that the game the, the game of recruiting changes quite a bit. But I don't know if I can guess what next year is going to be like or, you know, 10 years down the line. But I think we'll always have our guys that want to be committed early. We, we've already got a jump start on a lot of our recruiting already. You know what I mean? So I think that's something that we're going to always be focused on as the future and recruiting for the future. But um, I, I can't sit here and guess on how it's going to be and if guys are going to declare where they're going to go late on the day of signing or beforehand. But my job and, and our coach's job is, is to try to get them to commit as soon as possible, uh, soon after we, we offer them a scholarship. Ty, you. You're a pretty solid you know, in your special <coughs> teams unit with Rhett and Johnny, and then you bring a kid like Ryan in who you know, made a 57-yarder in high school. What do you see him bringing to the, to the kicking unit, and do you expect him to contribute immediately? Uh, as of now, uh, I think Ryan's planning on serving a mission before he um, enrolls at BYU. So we're, we're looking down the line. He's primarily for us as a recruit, a punter. And so you, you add Skyler uh, Southam to the mix, who we also have on a mission already. That kind of gives us the next group of guys to come in and take over at the point where Johnny and, and Red and some of those guys are getting a little toward the end of their time at BYU. So I think, I think you know, ideally we'd like to have – Johnny graduated and the next scholarship guy stepped right in. But the reality is at the kicker position also, there's a lot of talent that comes from the walk-on core. And so I, I think we've, with what's available and who we wanted and who fits here, I think we've got about the right timing with those other, with Skyler and uh, Ryan coming in. So I can squeeze two in. Kalani, uh, with Lavelle's passing, you had a great opportunity to meet a lot of former players that came into town uh, wondering uh, if some of these players had uh, met with you and pledged to support you in helping in recruiting and how those conversations went. And then secondly, tie, uh, tight ends are so hard to get that can block and, and catch at the same time. You threw to one, an All-American in Chris Smith. Maybe you could talk about the recruits uh, last year and this year, a lot of tight ends. Which ones come close to maybe meeting the form? So on the tight end side, um Last year we had Hank Tuipolotu, uh, Peter's son, and he's on a mission now, so we'll see him in 2018. Uh, this year kind of targeted uh, three or four guys. A couple could play on either side of the ball as well. Um, really, you're looking for big receivers that won't play you know, at the next level at receiver because of their size and maybe you know speed, but they're guys that understand the passing game. Tight end's a really hard position because you have to understand blocking schemes, calls with the O-line, protections, and then you got to be able to run routes and catch the ball. And so uh, finding those guys isn't the easiest thing to do. But um, I think if you look at BYU tight ends in the past, of all, a lot of them have come in as receivers um, and moved to tight end. And it's similar to, to what Kalani said earlier about you don't know where a kid's going to end up because they, they grow and they, their bodies change. Uh, especially if they go on a mission, who knows what they come back as. So um, the tight end group this year is uh, are guys that are, are big, long bodies that have the ability to, to stretch the field as well, um, can can hopefully put their hand down. That's the part where you got to develop uh, a guy like that is to teach them how to put their hand in the ground and, and block in the run game as well. So we feel like all these guys have multiple abilities and uh, – and it's up to us as coaches to, to teach them and to, 
you know, figure out what, what they do best and, and incorporate that into your offense. Any other questions? Dick, you talked about the, uh, the former players. I'll just say quickly that um, they don't have to pledge their allegiance. They already did it. They already played for BYU. They, they, they don't have to prove anything to me other than uh, for, for me to provide a home for them. So if they ever want anything from us in our football program, I will try to do my best to take care of alumni. And regardless of when you played, and like I said before, whether you played for Coach Mendenhall, Coach Croton, or Coach Edwards, um, my job is to make sure that we represent BYU and that we have an open-door policy to everyone, whether they're fans, but specifically alumni will feel at home with us. You know, and, and, and that's having them announce the, the signees today was awesome, to be able to see them from all different eras. And, and, and um, just that, that's how the legacy continues. Uh, so this, this whole thing with BYU, the BYU football program was mostly established by a guy like, by the name of Lavelle Edwards, and um, we hope to continue his tradition. Like I said before in, 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 the, in Marriott Center, that it's our job to carry on the legacy and the tradition that has been here for so many decades. And so uh, and being that a lot of us have a connection to him and the connection to the, to the football program, we're going to try to make sure that that's always going to be the case for us.